Hey, what's going on, son? Hey, Scoop. Hey, you, you jumped all over me. <laughs> yeah, I snuck up from behind. I'll tell you, startled me there. Hey, I, I, I don't know if you heard about this, but I, I came across this thing, um, and it's an interesting theory about the upcoming year in politics and the Democratic nomination for President Joe Biden. Robert F. Kennedy Jr., has a theory that Joe Biden is going to win the primary because he's essentially running unopposed, except for that guy from Minnesota, and he doesn't have much chance. But then at the convention, Biden's going to drop out, and he's going to throw his delegates to someone else. So he's basically going to appoint his successor at the convention. Okay. What do you think of something like that? Do you think I... that kind of bypasses the whole process where the guy gets to the convention and says, you know what, I'm not going to run, but I'm going to say you pick this guy. Was he a in light of all the things that have happened over the past four to six years, is that really something you think about and worry no. about? <laughs> but I'm thinking about Robert F. Kennedy's theory. Well, now, Robert he has F. Some Kennedy's wacky theories. Kind of, uh, yeah, well, yeah, it'd be. It's like, yeah, why, why, why you listen to that clown? No, I'm just saying it. Can't, it was interesting. It's an interesting theory. Yeah. I wonder if it'll be interesting to watch and see if something like that happens, because a lot of people are saying Biden won't make it. Or he's not going to be the nominee in the end. Somehow there's going to be a scenario where he's just going to back down. Why would they do that? Why would they not just go ahead and pitch somebody now and start selling them? Because they'd have to be voted by the people, by the voters through the primary, rather than Biden saying, I appoint Michelle Obama, and now she's going to be the nominee, or Gavin Newsom, or uh, Gretchen Whitmer. Who knows? Hmm. Yeah, I don't think that's going to happen. Okay. All right. If it does, you can go, hey, remember that time? And I'll go, yeah, I remember that. So I was watching um, a video the other day about the top first five videos on MTV in 1981. Okay, but before you go any further, All right, we, there, we're still no, talking we'll politics. go back to the MTV thing. I was just thinking while you were talking, let's never again bring up Robert F. Kennedy's... Let's not bring that up ever again on our show. <laughs> it's it's kind of like okay. that QAnon guy with the horn sticking out of his head and the half-bread and half-blue face. That's kind of about as much... Uh, don't Creedence bring him up I either. Put, yeah, that, they're all up, the same people. Don't bring up so. Alex Jones. All right, let's go on with the Alex MTV Jones thing. has a theory. He was saying, okay. Alex what? Jones needs to join that list. <laughs> Did you hear what he said? He does he not. Said, why are said, we talking about him? I just was say. So it's crazy. He says Biden. He found that he's heard that Biden walks around naked in the White House in the middle of the night, muttering to himself. I've heard that Alex Jones wears women's underwear. <laughs> <laughs> and likes to and likes to put on fairy wings. And oh, whatever. This guy's. I mean, what's he owe? Like two billion dollars to people. He's never going to pay it. He's going to just keep on doing what he does. And I, I hope God saves him. Okay. Well, I let. Okay. Um, should we start over? MTV. <laughs> MTV. Let's do it. First five videos on MTV, um, and one of them was Pat Benatar. No, really. You better run. You better run. Oh, I love so, Pat anyway, Benatar. I know the first one though. I think I know the first song. Oh, yeah. Was it? Was it uh, Gary Newman? No. <sighs> it was Video Kill the Radio Star. Oh, that's it. That was the, the Buggles. one. Yeah, the Buggles. Yep. But but um, what's interesting about that, you know, Pat Benatar says she will no longer sing Hit Me With Your Best Shot at her shows yeah, because of the violence. Well, yeah. first of all, I never thought of that as a violent song. No. I thought of it more as a, you know, hey, hey, I can beat you. Come on. give me Hit me with your best shot. I'll yeah. still prevail in whatever we're doing, a race or life or whatever. Yeah. So I think that's kind of weird. Because I thought if she's not going to sing that song, what about like other songs she sings, like Heartbreaker? Is, don't people who get hit by bullets in the heart, break, it breaks their heart? It, maybe you shouldn't sing that. 
But then I thought, and then I, of course, get ridiculous, because what about songs like um, Big Shot by Billy Joel? <laughs> or Shotgun by Junior Walker and the All-Stars? Yeah. I'm throwing them at you. I know, and I'm just, I don't... I'm, Hot Shot. I think you think too much about this stuff. I mean, I was so surprised you didn't go like, oh, Pat Benatar... War is for children. What's that song she had? Pain is for children. Love is a battlefield. Oh, it's pain is for children. Oh, she can't sing battlefield either. We should stop it all. Yeah, come on. She shouldn't sing Love is a battlefield. Let's talk about who killed the radio star because that's a much more interesting question. I I wrote in my column last week um, the soundtrack of the holiday season. I want to know if you agree with this. I have. I have, uh, boy, my Robert F. Kennedy little segment and my... Uh, well, you took us down a bad road. <laughs> Pat Benatar. I'm still trying to shot, put it in reverse. The shot segment. No good. Okay. or Okay. Anyway. Um, don't get me started about the Washington Bullets. Okay. <laughs> you know, they changed their name a few years ago. Yeah. Because they thought it gave the impression of violence. All right. In D.C. You just keep doing it, don't but you? What was you're, the you're baiting me. What was the Baltimore Bullet? Do you, mean, you know why they were called the Baltimore Bullets uh-uh. in the first place? Well, I guess there is something to it because they used to the team was named for an ammunition factory in the next to the arena or something. Oh, really? I, I believe thought, that. I we... thought it was something else related to the city of Baltimore. But anyway, okay. okay. So I came up with my top ten Christmas songs. All right. Now that we're in the season, okay. And I said, spoiler alert, this list will not contain Elmo and Patsy's Grandma Got Run Over by a Reindeer. (laughs) Thank you. Or um, Last Christmas by Wham, which I don't like. And also, it won't won't have the song by John Denver, Please, Daddy, Don't Get Drunk on Christmas. Oh, I have not heard that in a long time. Anyway, let me see if you agree. Okay. Just quickly. Feliz Navidad, Jose Feliciano. That was number 10. You like it? Yeah, it's a, it's a good it's a good one. Okay, sleigh ride, Leroy Anderson, the oh, the instrumental. One. That's classic, right? Yeah, yeah, love it. Um, number eight, Blue Christmas, Elvis. Mm. Uh, 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 <laughs> uh, okay, I'm gonna hold off on that one. We'll see what else comes up. Um, number seven, Fairy Tale of New York by the Pogues. What? It's a late '80s song. It's an Irish. Um, folk style ballad that contains some explicit and maybe offensive. Is this language. the guy that just passed away? Yes, yeah. yes. Yeah. Um, and it talks about some fantasy of 1940s New York. Okay. Anyway, um, number six. Now we're getting into the big ones. Merry Christmas, Darling by the Carpenters. Love that song. Love it. This, I did some research and I think you probably would know it. And I think I've heard some of the. Anyway, the song hit number one, not only in 1970, but 71 and 73. The lyrics were written in 1946 by a guy named Frank Pooler. And I think he wrote it during the war, during World War II. That I'm not sure about. But anyway, he went on to become choral director at Cal State Long Beach. Hmm. And in the 1960s, the late 60s, he gave the lyrics to two of his students to put a song to it, Karen and Richard Carpenter. Uh, Really? Yeah. That is really cool. Number five, I have a tie. Okay. All I Want for Christmas is You. By Mariah Carey. Yeah. And Christmas Baby Please Come Home by Darlene Love. She was the one who used to go on David Letterman every year and sing that song. I don't remember that song. For like 30 years, she would go on his show and sing it or whatever, yeah. Okay. Now, the top four are probably in everyone's top ten, for sure. Um, Wonderful Christmas. Well, maybe not. This could be on the worst song. Number four is, for me, Wonderful Christmas Time by Paul McCartney. That's not on my list. A lot of people hate it. It's Yeah, go ahead. I love it. 
It's okay. That's you, a happy you song. Love. Top three, I'm sure. Oh, well, maybe right. not. I, I know of two right now, and they better be there. Otherwise, have yourself a Merry Christmas. Okay, Frank that's, Sinatra. That's a good one, but I like it by somebody else. I said this. This I wrote, you know, and I did some more research. The Bittersweet Song was first recorded in 1944 by Julie Garden, Julie Garland. Judy Garland in the movie Meet Me in St. Louis. Yeah, I remember that. Anyway, it was recorded again. Sinatra recorded in 47, and then again in 57, because he changed the ending. Hmm. Um, anyway. He can do that. You know, he was Frank Sinatra. It's a very bittersweet song, Have Yourself a Merry Little Christmas. Yeah. And then I wrote, if this song doesn't bring you down enough, then Sinatra's recording of Whatever Happened to Christmas will do the trick, <laughs> which I'd never even heard um, before I saw it in the movie, The Many Saints of Newark. I think it was, that was the name of it, the Sopranos movie that came out a couple of years ago. Oh. At the very end, they play it, and like, where has this song been all my life? Anyway, it's a very, very depressing song. Anyway, number two, The Christmas Song, it's Nat my, King Cole. It's my favorite. The Velvet Fog wrote that, you know that? Yeah, Mel Torme. And he wrote that in a... Uh, in heat a, wave. What? In the summer, in a heat yeah, wave. Yeah, he but he was on a train, and he wrote oh. it on a napkin. Mm. So, there you anyway, go. And then number one... White Christmas. That's okay. You got the top two of uh, my, my And list. this was written by Irving Berlin. Yep. And it was released in 42. Um, and I think he wrote that. Maybe he wrote that also in a heat wave. Don't know. I know it was for the movie. White Christmas. Holiday Inn, right? Yeah. Yeah. Not White Christmas. No. But yeah, it was Holiday Inn. Well, actually, it was two movies. They were actually the same movie. Remember that? There was Holiday Inn, and then there was another one that was the same movie. I'm trying to think of the ben name. Ben Crosby. Oh yeah, there it was. It was uh, and Danny Kay. Danny Kay. That's the name. And Rosemary right. Clooney. Yeah, was, she sang "Snow." Yeah. Snow. I love the white. Da, 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 whatever. Yeah. Anyway, that's all I got. That's my. Uh... Ah, I was trying to think of some of the ones that I like. You kind of throwing me with the Pogues and. and... Yeah, I'll throw another one your way. Um, um, that you don't hear. Oh. oh. Rocking around the Christmas tree, Brenda Lee. She had number. She's number one song in the country this week. Yeah, that's what I hear. Doesn't take much to get a number one song in the country anymore. So, well, pe- enough people download it. It's number one. Yeah, whatever. And the same people could download it over and over. I guess I don't know. I don't know. It's a popularity contest. Now. I just it's today's, not, today's to world is just it's it's left me cold. I'm trying to think of some other other songs. Like I like uh, some of the old, super old classics. Like, now, I, I, I differentiate. I did not include religious recordings okay. yeah. of, like, Hark the Herald Angels See, Sing like or that. Silent Night. Yeah. Silent um, Night was one of the ones I was Were wondering. you a big fan of the Ray Conniff singers? I love, and I did like them, and I liked uh, 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 Andy Williams. Oh, Most oh, Wonderful Time of the Year. See, I, I was Williams, debating that. Man. That should have maybe come in. Maybe it was beautiful. I, I was debating between that and Blue Christmas. And Winter Wonderland. Tony Bennett. And, and, like um, his version. Who was the other? Ray, Ray Conniff. Ray Conniff. Oh, I loved Ray Conniff singers. Now, I'm not as old as I sound, but that was the music that was being played by my folks, so mm-hmm. that's the stuff I grew up on. Yeah. And uh, I'm trying to think of another one that, that I... There was one that was... That when I hear it... Oh, I know what it is. It's the little, I think it's The Little Drummer Boy slash something by uh, Vince Gill. Vince Garaldi? Vince Gill. You know, oh, Vince, Vince Gill. Gill. Oh, yeah. okay. I'm thinking Vince Garaldi, the the peanuts. No, music. no, it's Vince Gill, and it it just it, it, I get I well up every time I hear it. It's just an amazing version of those songs. Did you like the song? Um, did, not the song. Did you like the show Little Drummer Boy when it, you no. were a kid on TV? It was sad. It was a little claymation thing. Yeah, it was, it was just really. I just didn't like yeah, it. It was sad. No one talked. Did people talk in it, or was it just yeah, silent? I think so. Hmm. 
Yeah, I, I, there were some of those things I didn't like when I was a kid. And some of them I didn't understand. You remember those cartoons? Well, they weren't cartoons. They were the claymation or some kind of stop-action animation of David and Goliath or Davy and Goliath. Gee, Davy. Yeah, what's Davey? going on? <laughs> Hello, Davy. Yeah, the Goliath and then, the dog. Uh, Gumby and, and Pokey. You know, they were yeah, <coughs> totally different genres there. You know, if I were to have be a kid and there was nothing else on TV, those were you I would watch. You watch whatever is there. Yeah, but if I were a kid today and they came on, <laughs> I would I would go outside and play. I would. <coughs> I would do something else because I just would not want to watch those. They were just hard to watch. So, gee, I haven't seen Davy and Goliath in a long time. And do you remember the? And I, I, I think and we're we're off on a tangent here. I think that's the name of the street I just turned down. Tangent Street. Tangent. Do you remember the the cartoons? And they were animated cartoons, but they were like stills. A lot of them were like just stills of a cartoon character, and then they had the mouth open up, and they had the mouth would talk. I think Clutch Cargo was one of them. And there were, there were several of them. I heard, I heard of Clutch Cargo. I've never seen Clutch Cargo. Yeah, it was what Clutch, is that? Clutch Cargo, and they had a little dog named Paddlefoot. And if you ever see him, you're going to go, oh, that's no, kind of creepy. I, I didn't see that. I just grew up a lot with the Hanna-Barbera, Wally Gator, Snagglepuss. Did you like to watch Johnny Quest? Oh, yeah. Great well, music. <laughs> it was. But, kind of uh, scary when that thing with one eye was to, like, that spider or that yeah. weird... That was creepy, wasn't it? Yeah, with the one eye. But the same guy, I think, that did that, I think his last name was Bannon. Guy, like after Bannon, the guy that was in the show. Was it Race Bannon? Yeah, I think that was the guy in the show. But I think a guy whose name was last name was Bannon had something to do with the creation of that and Clutch Cargo. I, I, I think <laughs> I might be wrong. Do you remember the dog's name? Paddlefoot. No, in Johnny Quest. Oh, Bandit. Bandit. Yeah. And, and, and Johnny's friend? Raji. Haji. Haji. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Those were, that was a great show. I the, the Herculoids used to come on like right around that, and Space Ghost, and I thought that had the best music of an, any cartoon yep. in the '60s slash '70s era. Yeah, Johnny good. Quest got you right off the be- right at the beginning, man. It was, there's going to be some action in this cartoon. Things are going to happen. I think Nelson Riddle probably put. The, we should find out who did that. Yeah. So everyone listening, whoever's listening, just go look it up. Yeah, it's on you. We're just going to assume that it's Nelson Riddle Orchestra. Yeah. So anyway, do you like the? Um, but you don't like the care for the newish. I don't like the new Christmas stuff because everyone is coming out with a Christmas album. Like Cher came out with a Christmas album. Yeah. And, uh, it's it's hard to become a standard. Like the Mariah Carey one from thirty years ago. Yeah. What was interesting for her? She was at the beginning of her career, and yeah. usually a lot of times artists put this out at the end of their career to kind of boost their sales and popularity. Um, but that song, I mean, a lot of people don't like it. I like it. I think it puts you in a really good mood. You know, it's background. It's like wallpaper to me. I don't like yeah. it that much, but it's it's there, and it kind of, like you said, it does set the mood. It's just not one of my favorites. All right. We, we, we had mentioned a couple weeks ago about, did we think Die Hard was a Christmas movie? Because we were talking about some Oh, Christmas here movie. we go. But I heard a song um, by Billy Joel um, from the, I'm um, oh, sorry, I have to look at the lyrics here. Um, I was playing a game, a music game I have, and it was the category was Christmas songs, and this song came on, and it's called She's Right on Time. It's on his Nylon Curtain album from 1982. And I was like, how could this be considered a Christmas song? And this is why. Because in the first line it says, turn on all the Christmas lights, because baby's coming home tonight. And then he talks about her, the whole song. That's not a Christmas song. That's like the diehard of Christmas songs, yeah. right? Yeah. Somebody's just... Stri- somebody's... Somebody's just 
reaching on that one, kind of like the Pogues thing. No, the Pogues is good because they mention Christmas throughout. I don't care. You're reaching. Christmas Day, the bells are ringing on Christmas Day. That at least makes reference to the actual holiday. All he says is the Christmas tree. And then later on at the very end of the song, towards the end of the song, he says, when I set up my Christmas tree. (laughs) That's it. (laughs) This is the diehard. Okay. I agree with you on that. And I'll cut you some slack on the Pogues thing. I know I'm uh, like a step or two out of date. So Speaking of which, Die Hard I saw is playing in the movie theaters. Why? Because it's Christmas. Oh, for crying inside. <laughs> I, I, there's a movie out I want to see, uh, Minus One. It's a Godzilla movie. It's a oh, new Godzilla movie. That's, that's really good. Really? It's God's, you know what's going to happen in the Godzilla movie? It, it, he's going to come out of the water. He's going to trash some cities. People are getting all upset. Well, the cities have all away. been trashed. It happens at the end of World War II after the... They've been um, the atomic bomb. Yeah, I so. remember that when I was a kid watching it on TV. It's. I just remember Godzilla. Was Godzilla the one who went <laughs> or Rodan noise. or Mothra or a weird noise? Yeah, I when I was a kid, I never missed one of those. I used to watch and the War of the Gargantuas, which scared me to death. Was there a King Kong versus Godzilla movie yes. or something? I think I saw that yeah. when I was a little kid. I think it was part of a double feature. Uh, you're a good man, Charlie Brown, and what? Yeah, I know it was weird, and I remember the the most. I was like six or seven, and um, I remember that because we had big thunderstorms and the power went out, and we were sitting in this dark theater. Oh, that's scary! But I can remember the smells and everything, and it was a little. We were there all day because <laughs> it was a double feature. Yeah, have you ever been to a double feature? I have. I re- the last one I went to was a movie called Phase Four. And then the double feature with that was Day of the Dolphin. Oh, wow. Do you remember Day of the Dolphin with George C. Scott? What year is this? 73, maybe? Oh, wow. 1990, I went to, I think, 1990, they were still doing it in 90s? 92, oh, I wow. went to see a, a double feature. Which, when you think about it, it's a really long time. Groundhog Day and A Few Good Men. Wow, really? Yeah. Now. Yeah. And I once saw an, uh, another one, uh, Home Alone and Father of the Bride with Steve Martin. Those are much newer. I don't recall them ever see. I don't re- see that at all where they have double features. Where, where would you have seen that? Not a regular theater. Yeah, in a regular, th- well, you know, not like today's theaters where they charge you so much money. But no, a double feature. But who has time for that? Oh, Although I, I will say when I was long. a kid, Vern and I went and we sat through um, the movie Grease three times in one day. Ugh. We didn't leave the theater. You know, the other one that I saw, which I really had so much fun in, was the original Planet of the Apes, and then I think was Escape from Planet of the Apes or Under the Planet Journey of the Apes. Journey to the Planet Beneath, of the Apes. Something. It was two of them back-to-back. because they were then Vacation was, Planet of the Apes. Yeah. <laughs> it would, that was really good. That was about in the early 70s, too. So, huh. wow, that's uh, it's amazing that they still... You know what? I just realized some of the drive-ins... We have a drive-in nearby, mm-hmm. and they, they do that. They do double features at the drive-in sometimes. So do you ever go I, to a drive-in? Yeah. Yeah, I don't particularly care for them, but... I went once with a friend, and he had this idea. I guess maybe he was watching Potsy and Richie do it on Happy Days. He goes, I'll hide in the trunk, and yeah. you just drive in. Yeah. <laughs> and as we were getting up to the pay, and he's like, are we there yet? And they caught him. <laughs> he stuck his head out. <laughs> yes, that's hilarious. Yeah. So. We got it. My buddy of mine... Think but... how dangerous that is to be driving someone around in your trunk. Oh, yeah. Something could happen to you in the front of the car. Or the back nobody, of the car. And nobody will know this guy's stuck in the trunk. I do remember one time, we're, we're, there was this guy who used to give a hard time. And you know, and not that I was the ringleader or the oh, linchpin, yeah. because I was maybe one rung above him in terms of... I was safe by him. 
Yeah. But people used to pick on him more than they picked on me. That's why he was part of it, so everybody could go after him and leave you alone. <laughs> That's right. So one day, someone was driving, giving rides home from school, back when you pile in six, seven kids, and there was not enough room, and someone said, okay, you can ride in the trunk. And he went in the trunk, and he <laughs> drove him. <laughs> and he was the last stop, and we were thinking, he could have died in there. Yeah, yeah. You know? It's... He was in there with his books and his musical instrument, <laughs> lying down. <laughs> I remember kind of the same situation where, where there's not enough seats in the car and people would lay on the lap across the people in the back seat. So you'd have three people in the back seat and then maybe two people laying on the lap of that and then three people in the front seat. we just pile the car. Like, how dangerous that was when we were kids. most terrifying time was when I was in high school, 11th grade. This kid was driving. Back when we had a school function, oh, just get there. We'll meet, uh, all meet up in the same place. So there were like five or six of us in his car. And then he's like, this other kid had a five or six in his car. He said, let's race. Uh, and they were going like 95 miles an hour on the interstate trying to, and I was thinking, all right, go, go, this is so cool, man. <laughs> Until like two weeks later when I was in someone else's car and he kind of hit the guardrail and it freaked me out. Yeah. And after that, I never drove with anyone else. But yeah. think how stupid we were. Oh, hey. Go, man, 95, go 100 miles an hour and kill people. That's why they have age limits on a lot of things. Yeah. A lot of things you, you can't uh, you have to be 16 or 18 or even 21 cuz well, what do you think about this? Enough. They're talking about um, some people in Congress want to let 16-year-olds vote. No. No. I, I I don't think that's a good idea. I mean 16-year-olds vote. That's not Why not 12? I mean what's the difference between I don't see a lot of difference between a 12 and a 16-year-old anymore. Well, if if you're going to let them vote at 16, then there's other things you should let them do. That's See, why it's ridiculous. It's, yeah. I mean, I look back when I was like even 18, I was an idiot. Teenagers are idiots. No, and somebody's just trying to, to load up the uh, to load up the, the vote. You had to get, get kids to, to vote the way their parents do, which is what kids would do. They wouldn't vote on their own. They wouldn't know. Mm. So get them to load it up so they can go either right or left. That's, it's one of those it's one of those. I will people. tell you, in 1980, it was the first time I could vote. No. It was mine. 82. Mine actually. was 80. In the Florida primary. And, and I was registered a Democrat because that's what my family was. Mm-hmm. And uh, <laughs> 1984. It was the 84 election. Oh, okay. Presidential. Yep. Not 82. So anyway, uh, I voted in the Democratic primary for George McGovern. And my father's like, you wasted your vote. Stupid, stupid. Why would you vote for him? Because, you know, he's basically dropping out anyway. No one's voting for that old man. He had his turn 12 years earlier. And, and uh, so, yeah, I was thinking I was being idealistic. And Well, <laughs> I like what he has to say. George McGovern, man, he's a hero. Yeah. He was a good statesman, whatever. You don't like his policy. No. That's what we don't have a lot of no, these days. Elder not. statesmen. There are no I mean, statesmen. Or stateswomen. Like, There's nobody that puts the states before their party. Like someone like a – and you could say, well, they were – Liberal or way far left, far right. But, you know, for names that come to mind, um, um, Howard Baker, yeah. Jean Kirkpatrick. Yep. Although, did she serve in Congress? No, she was ambassador to the U.N. Yep. Um, someone like a Frank Moynihan, Ernest Hollings. Yep. Um, the guy from, who was the guy out in South Dakota? He was Senate leader for a while. He had glasses. Did you say Baker? Was it? No, he was from Washington, but there was a guy. We're and Mo Udall. Udall was from Utah, Mo though. Mo Udall, yeah. yeah. Howard Scoop Baker. Yeah. 
Didn't they say that, Howard Baker? But he's not from the Dakotas, though, right? I'll never forget, 1976, he won one of the early primaries, you know? Yeah. And he was like, at one time, he, his, quote was, his quote was, oh, we're going to take it. We're going to win it. We're going to win this primary. We're going to the next one. We're going to win them again and again and again and again and again and again. <laughs> he said it like six or seven times. Dat, Tom Daschle? No. Who was the guy from South Dakota? Yeah, I, that name does something, but I don't know if that's him. Anyway, we don't have that anymore. No. No, now you've got cartoon characters that are very dangerous. Uh, Would you vote for Scooby-Doo? <laughs> Some people have. AI. But you know what's interesting? Um, 2024 is going to be a mess, Yeah, I suspect, with the Trump... Um, cases and now the hunter biden indictments and the whole thing about biden's age and i don't know i don't want to talk it's depressing it's depressing but 2024 you have a big year you got a big olympics coming up in paris um remember when they used to have the olympics in the same year the winter and the that's a great oh yeah that was great that was you know what that was good i used to have a calendar right down to how many hours i'd watch oh my gosh i was devoted you were that's when abc had him and that jim mckay no one could beat jim mckay yeah i remember that too he was a big deal with the figure skating man that was well dick button yeah but nbc does a terrible job i say because all they do is focus on american stuff you don't know anyone else is competing and they refuse to show you like stuff as it happens because they'll hold stuff for prime time. Yeah. I mean, it's getting harder now because of the internet and streaming and everything, but we know who won, so don't keep yeah. it from us. Anyway, whatever. Yeah. So you looking forward to the new year? you have any resolutions? I am. And I'm going to do this, and I'm, people are going to hate me for it, but I'm going to preach stop listening or watching social media. Stop it. Because I, I, I noticed something the other day. And everybody else has known this for a while, I know. But I am a big fan of the TV show Jeopardy. I like watching it. Now, I haven't watched it in a while because I've got things going on. I don't like watching Celebrity Jeopardy. They dumb down the questions. Sometimes I can get them do. all. What good is that? Yeah. Yeah, you ever see the one with Lou Alcindor on it? <laughs> Kareem? <laughs> yeah, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. They asked him a question. He was Lou Alcindor at the no, time? No, oh. I was just kidding. But they asked, uh, they asked Kareem a, a question, and the answer was Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. And he didn't know it. Now he's a very smart man, so don't uh, you know? Don't read anything into that. But yeah, it was very the, funny that he didn't know it. Oh, wow. Well, I, I they, they make the celebrities. Yeah. Well, there was some woman wrestler, some female wrestler, who was on there. I'd never heard of her, and she didn't answer one question correctly. The whole show, she barely buzzed in. Well, the thing they have to do that because you can't. They don't want to make them look stupid. Because that's their career is made up of positive images. But I, I, I see every time, because I've looked at a couple of stories about the Jeopardy, the new Jeopardy hosts, you know, the, the well, two it's hosts. Ken Jennings now, pretty much. Oh, is it? Pretty much, yeah. Oh, Mayim Bialik is, I, don't, I haven't seen her around much. Okay. Well, at any rate, all I find now is I get two to three different stories on the, my feed every day. And when I say feed, it's my Yahoo feed. I'm not on Yahoo, uh, you know, any yeah. of the big ones. I'm just the yep. Yahoo News feed. Is all the people, all these different organizations bashing each each the each of the uh, hosts, bashing the client, uh, the uh, con- um, contestants, bashing the new rules. They just bash and they say its ratings are down. They say all this. They say all this negative stuff about it. And I go, what is going on? Is there really this kind of 
these kind of issues with Jeopardy right now? Well, there's a thing I've seen, noticed it. Uh, I haven't seen it as much lately, but over the summer, almost every day you'd see like, you won't believe what Pat Sajak said to a contestant on Wheel of Fortune. Yeah. You won't believe what Ken Jennings had to say yeah. about this. Um, you know, shocking news. You know, it's like, yeah. I mean, every, now every time, every week, it's like Al Michaels is not enthusiastic enough during the Thursday night games. Al Michaels is doing the games exactly the same as yeah. he's always done it. I don't know why people have to scream. I mean, suppose, you know, Pat Summerall. How about Ray Scott? First down, 10 to go. <laughs> Bart Stark completes it to Donnie Anderson, gain of five. That's it. And yeah. he was considered one of the greats. But my, my point is that there's just... Everything there is are people, criticized. There are people that whose job it is to create content. Yeah. And the only way they can get content that gets, that gets hits or views is to say something like that. And they're way off base. And if they're saying something as innocuous as saying stuff about stuff like Jeopardy, think of all the news that you consume every day. Not even news, just tidbits, little... You know, little pieces of information. Uh, if you're into celebrity, celebrity stuff. All that stuff that you're reading is not real. It's not accurate. Well, exactly. And they'll put stuff out on there that's not accurate to begin with. And you'll click it and people say, hey, you're wrong there. Of course. They're doing that intentionally so yeah. people will react to it and respond. Exactly. And people need to back away from that. When I see stuff like that, I just... Yeah, but a lot of people, they get it and they start getting into it. And then they start forming an, a- an attitude or an opinion. Then they get on their social media and then they start making noise and other people. And you, before you know it, you're caught up in something that was never real to begin with. And one I just saw the other day was... Uh, who was it? Uh, George Strait. George Strait supposedly made a real bad comment about Garth Brooks, about not being one of us. And what year was this? I have no oh, clue. Oh, okay. But when I saw it, I went, well, okay, what, what's going on here? So I did read it, and it was something about his political views. And then I noticed that Snopes, right below it, had a... Uh, uh, you know, a, a response to that. And I went, whoa, okay, wait a minute. This isn't real? So I hit on the Snopes thing, because that's the thing that, you know, you can go back and check all the... Is that still a thing, Snopes? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I went back to it, and it goes, oh, yeah, this is not real. And it actually came from Alan Jackson, who supposedly said it about... I thought Garth, Garth Brooks. Brooks was feuding with Travis Tritt back in the day. I have no clue. Here's a quarter, call someone who cares, because that's what Garth Brooks said to Travis. And that was Travis Tritt's song, Here's a Quarter. Something, there was a big feud in, like, 1992. Whatever. Well, my point being is this, what, if, if any of that story was true, I didn't hear the real truth of it. Mm-hmm. And it, all it really did was get people ticked off who are already anti-certain beer or, or pro-certain beer. And it's like, stop. And not to stop. mention, I can't imagine George, George Strait getting involved in any controversy, honestly. I, I, I agree. <laughs> but the point I'm trying to make is that if you, if you keep watching and listening to this stuff, you are going to be unhappy. See, I'm reacting to all the th- little yes, things exactly. you're saying, and you're, you're saying, no, that's not the I've point. I've set the hook, and I'm reeling you in, man. And that's what these people are doing. So stop looking at Facebook. Stop your Instagram. Stop TikTok at least three times a week. Three times a week, go outside. Look at the sun. Yeah, they tell you not to do that. Look at it. It's beautiful. And it feels so good. <sighs> Hear the birds. <laughs> Why are you making me cough? Drink something cold on a hot day. You're going to enjoy that way more than hearing about Garth Brooks and Alan Jackson feuding. Yeah. And then when you click on something like that, then all of a sudden everything shows up more and more and more. It's like you can't get away from it. I saw a thing like a QVC snowblower the other day. It's like, Mm -hmm. ooh. It wasn't really (laughs) QVC. It was some other Uh, thing. And now my Facebook feed is filled with all these little 
snowblower ads. <laughs> yeah, you know, hey, and I'm going to tell you one. It's really embarrassing, so I'm going to expose myself here, okay? I was looking at my, again, my Yahoo feed, which I really look at. I look for sports scores. I look for news, and I, then, I, then I move on. I don't, spend more, I don't spend more than five, ten minutes on it every day. And that's it. And I don't go back to it later on in the day. It's, it's not something that I keep up on. It's just that I want to see what's going on in the world. And then if it's something newsworthy, I go and investigate it further. That's what I do. Oh, yeah, I've seen those. Snow Joes, right? Yeah, well, kind of. Same thing. So anyway, I saw this thing that said uh, the Dolly Parton thing where they were making a big deal about Dolly Parton's outfit that body she wore. Suit, her yeah. body suit. Okay, they're costume. making a big deal. Yeah, they're... So I said, okay, let me check this out. And there's, well, there's a picture over there. And I said, wow, she's like 117 years old, and she really looks great. I don't care what they're putting her in. They, they, didn't, they didn't animate it. They didn't, they didn't Photoshop they, it. We, they put her in something. It yeah. was basically a full body suit that looks like the Dallas Cowboy Cheerleader right. with the tights and right. everything. Okay, it's a costume. But she's an entertainer. It's also a controversy. It's also a conspiracy theory. It's also all of that. So when I looked at it, I go, oh, okay, let me back out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm not kidding you. I'm not kidding you. I started getting things that said, so-and-so actress, half naked, uh, it will blow your mind. So-and-so actress, um, and they show pictures of them, you know, just their their face, so you know who they are, because most of these people, I don't know who they are. You but, haven't seen Morgan Fairchild look like this in 30 years. Yeah, Click you, this. You won't recognize yeah, her. Yeah, that's it. And they're, oh, I don't want to recognize Morgan Fairchild. I love Morgan Fairchild like 30, 40 years ago. So anyway, anyway, I shouldn't have said it that. Was, but but it was, said that. No, I, I don't know. know. But it, the point <laughs> being is that I, I checked out this one thing about Dolly, and now I'm getting all of these things about half-naked celebrities that I didn't get. You know, and I, ha- I handed my phone over to my wife while we're driving so she could look at something, and she goes, "What's all this stuff?" I go, "I don't know. What, what do you look at?" She goes, "Oh, there's something here about Sandra Bullock, and there's something here about something else." And I go, ah, "I don't know. Please don't, don't." Uh, don't don't be so harsh on me. Yeah, I'm true. a victim. I'm a victim. They do it. It's amazing how you click it and they pick up on it. But you know what? If I don't get on it and do stuff, you don't know what happen. you're missing. You don't know what you're missing. That's okay. Which is good. Sometimes it's good yeah, to it's... not know what you're missing because mm-hmm. you're not missing anything. Not a thing. Right? You're not missing a damn thing. Nope. People think they are, and that's yeah. the problem. Everyone's so shallow. What? Yeah, that's true. But they got a, They got one of those LOL things uh, for that. But let me think. There's FOMO. Fear of yes. missing out. Yeah, yeah. I yeah. thought when I heard that, I went, "Really? That's somebody made that up?" Yeah, I guess they did. Got to always check. You never know. People could be talking about you, or about someone else, which is just as good, right? Got to gossip. Gossip is the new pastime. Yeah. And no one loves their celebrities and all that crap more than the United States. It started with that show Inside Edition with Maury Povich. That became a no, network thing. No, that was thing. Bill O'Reilly. Who did I say? No, Maury it was Maury po- Povich. Maury Povich went from Channel 5 News in D.C. and did his own show, Maury. Oh, you, you're thinking of Jerry Springer. No, no, no. There was- Inside Edition was Bill O'Reilly. Because if you look on YouTube, you can see him having his total meltdown. We'll do it live. Oh, I remember that, but Maury Povich had one at the beginning. Oh. Yes. Yeah. You're right. And that was the first one because I'd never seen Maury Povich, and I saw him doing the show, and I went, who is this little it troll? Oh, it's called, uh, oh, I can almost, I haven't thought of it in like 30 years, but I, I oh, look, I it, look up. it up. We're, we're sitting right here with a little or hand computer looking Or should I make my brain work? And I, th- try and I think it's stalled. A current? Current affair. Current affair. There you go. Hey, that's I didn't what even it look was. it up. But that's what started it. 
I remember when there were people were viewing it, I'm going, who cares about this crap? Well, apparently everybody. Did he host it with me. Connie Chung or no? No, he married Connie yeah, Chung. Yeah, he married Connie Chung. I hear that he's willing to come out of retirement to test the <sighs> DNA of Woody Harrelson to see if he's any relation to Matthew McConaughey. Would you pay for that to see? <laughs> Is that a real thing? Isn't that ridiculous? Are you, yes, are you making that th- up? I don't know if it's a joke headline, but it said Maury Povich said he's willing to come out of retirement to see if Matthew McConaughey and Woody Harrelson are related. <laughs> see, that's what I miss by not getting on there and looking at that nonsense. And, you know, it's just ridiculous how he'd have the show. And, and you know, and, and it had to be fake, right? Everyone cursing and fighting. and Oh, yeah. <laughs> well, Jerry Springer at the end said that a lot of that stuff was loaded. So it wasn't. You are not the father. You know, there's a game you can buy on Amazon. Is that a real game? Maury Povich you just go DNA and get game. People in your paternity game. We're gonna find out who you have, have uh, had children with. And then the woman would run out of the studio crying. Oh, and this, another woman's got her hair weaves in her, yeah. in her hand and fighting. I, I had a friend of mine that actually went to see one of those shows, and he goes, "Oh, it was so much fun." I, went, I don't get that. That's. Yeah. All right. Well. So I just one last thing. We're devolving. If you're one of those people that say this phrase, I don't know what this world is coming to. Or you say, what has happened to this country? Yep. Or you're, if you're any sort of version of that statement and you watch Jerry Springer and you go to Facebook all the time or to Instagram, you're what's wrong with this country. Stop. Put yeah. on the brake, slow down, and enjoy your life. Stop looking at this stuff because that's the problem with this country. It is? Help me! Can you help me down off my soapbox? Because no, I'm your I'm high a, horse. Okay, yeah. Help me down <laughs> off my high horse because I'm going to fall and hurt myself. You are not the father. <laughs> Wasn't that exciting though? I've got to be honest. I've never seen one. Huh? You've I've never been, seen it? No, I've heard Have about you ever it. Heard it? No. Allegra says when she told her ex-boyfriend William that she was pregnant with her. We leave you with the sounds of Maury Povich as we spit adieu until next time. Yeah. All right. I was hoping he would get to the the results. Okay, this is this is ruining the show, right? Okay. Well, I think we at the beginning we kind of. All right, of never mind. It. We were talking about the the Kennedy clown, but anyway, hey, we end on a high note. Low All right, note. low note, just the same way we began. Anyway, have a good week. You Stay too. safe, everyone. Enjoy your shopping as we run down the final days. Final days till Christmas. It's gonna be a good one. It always is. The best. <laughs> <laughs>